right. Here we go. Episode five. Hello. <laughs> I've already said everything good I'm going to say tonight. Oh my gosh. Not recorded. D- Tara and I talked for like an hour. <laughs> an hour and a half, maybe. It's oh, bad. Maybe like two hours. <laughs> we talked for a long time and we said so many good things. And I was like, please save these for the podcast. <laughs> I'm not ever intentionally funny. Just funny. So... A confession that I have is that I haven't really done any editing of the last two episodes. Where I am right now, and I don't know how these episodes will turn out, but the first episode that we did last time, which was chapter three, um, it started off so good, and then I realized that I did a lot of just repeating myself over and over again. So I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I feel like once we get into this habit of just talking <laughs> like not really worrying about what we're saying will will help i think we'll be fine yeah we just got to get into our like swing of things so anyway speaking of swing of things we are terrible at intros still yeah we're gonna continue to be terrible at intros probably forever that's okay and you guys won't know what to expect which is fun it'll be a surprise expect to be unexpected <laughs> <laughs> so I have some gifts for Tara. First of all, she gave me a gift today that I didn't expect. I'm because expect the unexpected. Yeah, that's our new tagline. Oh, basic snitches expect the unexpected. <laughs> People are not even. What? What do you do with that? Basic snitches don't expect much. <laughs> there it is. She gave me a Slytherin magnet. Yay! Yay! So I have some gifts for Tara. First, I'm really way into crystals. I mentioned how I love Professor Trelawney because I like all that divination shit. But I gave her some crystals to help her in life. (laughs) There it is. There's the solution I was looking for. (laughs) Here, have some rocks. (laughs) And there's not alcohol poured on top of them. And then I also have this gift for her, and she knew that this was coming. But Yay! Oh my god. It's a baby niffler. <laughs> so I get the, the loot crate, the Wizarding World loot crate. What, are you going to nice. eat it? <laughs> <laughs> he smells nice. She was, she was putting it up to her face. It looked like she was going to bite into it. <laughs> no, he smells nice. Uh, Smell him. Wow. Yeah, my Niffler is clean, okay? This has been sitting in my work bag for two weeks, so I guess good on my work bag. Yeah, (laughs) my Niffler, he's he's very into personal hygiene and uh, whatever good colognes he can find on sale. Yeah, (laughs) or in my bag. Or or he just stole them from you. Thank you. You're welcome. I love him. In, In my latest box, there were these little, like, stress relief for baby Nifflers. And I also have a Niffler bank. And so a couple episodes ago, or maybe it was in our intro, we were talking about who our favorite characters was. And I was like, oh, Hermione and McGonagall. Or I don't actually know what I said, but <laughs> those are some people who come to mind. I lied about that. My favorite character is Nifflers. <laughs> because Nifflers are amazing. Nifflers are the best. They're perfectly destructive and adorable. Oh, yes. I love them so much. So, well, I love him. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, and then, of course, we're drinking tea again. So if you might hear the hiss on the stove, and soon you're going to hear the whistle, so just deal with it. It adds charm or something, so. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, uh, we're going to get into what we're going to, what we're here. <laughs> Erase that shit. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> I spit out my tea. Hang on. That you don't have to take out. But they need to know why I spit it out. <laughs> I, did, I, I am literally not funny. I did nothing funny or amusing. Adam is just broken. You, you fucked up in a funny way. <laughs> I wish everything I fucked up was I'm funny. Broken. You're the one who forgot how to speak English. <laughs> so let's just jump in. What's the name of the chapter? <laughs> Okay, we're going to do chapter five, Diagon Alley, oh. which is the most magical chapter up to this point. It's amazing. I, I wrote a very not good outline. I'm going to have Adam read. She said that last time. It's not my favorite because just I'll have, just okay. read it. All right, here we go. All right. Harry wakes up thinking he was dreaming because wizards and magic can't be real, obviously, but they are real. 
And an owl delivers a newspaper, and Harry and Hagrid eat cold sausage and steal the boat from the Dursleys. Yeah. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got a thought. Apparently Adam didn't read the chapter. It's not He's important now. <laughs> I actually did, for once. Anyway. Hagrid takes Harry to Diagon Alley and talks about super magical stuff, like goblins, dragons, and the Ministry of Magic on the way. But... There goes the tea. Okay. I'm hang on. <laughs> We're gonna have to start that one over. <laughs> Harry talks about a bunch of magical shit. But none of this matters because shit is about to get majorly magical. Okay, wait. <laughs> I need to go back again. Where were we? Hagrid takes Harry to Diagon Alley and talks about super magical stuff like goblins, dragons, and the Ministry of Magic on the way. But none of this matters because shit is about to get majorly magical because Hagrid takes Harry to a pub. <laughs> All the magic happens where there is alcohol. You are so correct. Okay, but the pub is really a gateway to the super magical and cool Diagon Alley. After Harry meets 479 people in a tiny pub, Hagrid taps some bricks, and yay, Diagon Alley at last! She wrote it in caps and underlined it. Magic everywhere. Also underlined. <laughs> Harry looks like a tourist in Times Square for a while as they head to Gringotts for money. He sees owls and cauldrons and broomsticks. Oh my. They get to Gringotts. The goblins are kind of creepy. They go to Harry's vault. Surprise. You're a millionaire, Harry. <laughs> I'm a wall. <laughs> they also go to another vault with a boring package. Hagrid hates Green God's cards. Now Harry has money and he goes to buy robes while Hagrid gets a drink. <laughs> Good old Hagrid. <laughs> Harry meets a stuck-up blonde asshole and learns that he knows zero about being a wizard, so that's cool. Hagrid buys Harry ice cream and an owl. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it is. <laughs> because he's amazing. He also buys him dinner later. Hagrid is the very best. Hagrid buys a wand from the creepy as fuck... Harry. It says Harry. Oh, what did I say? Hagrid? Yeah. Harry buys a wand from the creepiest fuck Ollivander. Then Hagrid and Harry talk about sad stuff before Harry goes home. The end. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> you know, you don't need anything easy. else. That was great. Uh, <laughs> Everything magical starts, starts in a pub. Uh, duh. Okay. To begin, last time, I remember really talking about how great the chapter was because finally, like, we get Hagrid and a lot more magic, and this is the best chapter so far, clearly. <laughs> the contrast from these first episodes where it's just all the muggle-ishness and Dursley-isms and all of that, now we get punched in the face with magic. Yay! It's so great. While I was reading this, I was thinking about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Universal, because I've never been. But a couple days ago, I sent you this YouTube video. Yes. Of, like, it was BuzzFeed or something, and it was the girl just going around and tasting everything. Yes. And... And you imagined yourself doing that. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like, but it just shows, like, all the different experiences i mean obviously <laughs> universal's the magical world of harry potter can be exactly like what this diagon alley is because this diagon alley is actually magical but i mean uh. i know <laughs> well so tara kind of was like uh obviously the universal one is true too <laughs> based on what her face we are so magical i cannot wait to get like i hope i get to go like I feel that's a weird thing to say, but I, with how some parks change things up, like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh my god, I really, really want to make sure I go just to see, like, the dragon roar on the top of the Gringotts Bank and everything. So that's immediately what I'm thinking of, is, like you had said in this recap... Magic everywhere? Magic. Magic everywhere. It's like Times Square. It is. Yeah. 
that is why I thought of Harry kind of being a tourist. Now, I've been lucky enough to go to the Wizarding World. And Steve, uh, my roommate who went with me and my very dear friend, he will be the first to tell you that it was probably like looking at a small child in Disney World. I was just in love with what my surroundings were. And it wasn't even so much... I was in love with my surroundings because I was expecting it because I'm an adult who's very familiar with this uh, with this world. But think about an 11-year-old boy who's literally had... Oh, I should finish Oh, you this. still have that. That wasn't me peeing. That was me pouring tea. Anyways, go on. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, think about this 11-year-old boy who's literally had just shit for his life. Walking into this place that is not only new, but... You can't help but just be overwhelmed by the wonder of it. And I just, I love the idea of this deprived boy just getting to, you know, I don't know. I just, I love it. Absolutely. I would, I think I would just stare at everything too, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's the moment where I think they're getting in the boat. Henry says something about dragons. How Gringotts is, is guarded by dragons or something of that nature. And Harry's like, oh, there's dragons. Like, with every new thing that Hagrid says, there's more information that Harry now knows about this new world. I think of, you know, when he's talking to Draco, or when... Oh, yeah, spoiler, the asshole is Draco. Oh, yeah. No one knew that. I mean, we all knew. Yeah, we all knew. <laughs> that pale boy with the narrow face and the little dick. Um, <laughs> Poor Draco. We don't know that. Well... You know when you're driving and there's a giant truck and it has like those balls on its fender in the back and they're driving like an asshole? You know that they're overcompensating for something. <laughs> so same thing here with Draco and his Probably. I'm just trying to give Draco a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I told Tara before we started recording this, this is the time <laughs> where as a Slytherin I have to hate on another Slytherin. <laughs> there but are plenty of Slytherins for you to hate on. are like this. He sucks. Anyways... He's talking to Draco and learning, oh my gosh, there's all this stuff that I don't know. And later on, I think I may be thinking about the next chapter, but someone mentions Quidditch. And he's like, what's Quidditch? And every single moment is a learning opportunity for him. And you can tell that he's like a sponge. Last episode, you said he's finally able to ask questions. And it's like, now he's going to ask a lot more questions. Somewhere in the chapter, it... It said that he swallowed a bunch of his next questions because he just had so many. Yeah. How could you not have so many questions? Do you mind if we start at the beginning of the chapter and talk about some of the really cool stuff? Yeah. Before you... we talk about some questions? Absolutely, because I jumped right in and I was just like, no, oh, no, no, because Alley. <laughs> overall, because Diagon Alley, like, to be completely honest, this is the most magical thing you encounter as a whole. Like, until you get to... Hogwarts and it's a different thing. They're so different. This is just amazing to walk into this. I just wanted to talk a little bit about their journey to Diagon Alley mm-hmm. and how how interesting it is to see, even though Hagrid is leading Harry, how Hagrid doesn't know how to operate in the Muggle world. And we get that every time you bring a wizard into the Muggle world. And how Harry has to kind of be the person that guides them. Yeah. I think it's very interesting because of literally of what Harry's journey will look like throughout the whole seven books. That you think back in this and he's just this sweet little 11 year old boy who has to take care of these people in the world that he leaves behind. So quickly. And I just think it's really interesting where Hagrid's like, oh, look at this very fascinating thing. And Harry's like, what? That's like a parking meter. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have to tell a little story that goes with this. I uh, competed in college forensics for one year. And we went to a tournament down at Marietta College. The people on my team, a lot of them were from the country. The country in Ohio is different than the country in other states. But there was one boy on the team, super nice guy. He had never seen a parking meter before. And we were walking down the streets of Marietta. The college is downtown. We're just like walking to like a restaurant or something. And he's like, what is that? And we're like, what is what? What are you talking about? And he did not know what a parking meter was. And I grew up in the country. I like, I literally worked on a farm and, and grew up on a farm. But I know what a parking meter is because at that point in my life and my 
early 20s and I've been to Cleveland at least at that mm-hmm. point. You know what I'm saying? It's just very interesting. And then, and that always, this part always makes me think of Tom being like, what is that? What is that? Because Hagrid doesn't know what a parking meter is. And literally they're about to completely flip roles. Yeah. And they're so, like, Harry and Hagrid are so different and so alike. It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And Harry and Harry and Hagrid are both also just so accepting of that. Harry's not like, oh, well, how does this guy not know what this is? He's a little confused by it because he's a kid. And he's like, wow, the idea of, of, of an adult not knowing what something is is probably confusing to him. You, you know, you don't get any internal monologue of Harry being like, this guy doesn't know what this is. And then literally you flip roles and Hagrid is so genuine and so sweet and like, gosh, I forget that you don't know these things. Here's what I can tell you. It's mm-hmm. If you don't love Hagrid the second you meet him in the books, you love him here. Yeah. You love him a chapter later when you're like, look what this gentle giant is doing for this boy. The beginning of this chapter makes me have all the feels. The middle of the chapter is all magic and the beginning and end are feels. Yeah. Oh, And yeah. that's who I am. Sorry. No. <laughs> that's a great way to actually put it because... There is this transition in and out of Dursleyland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dursleyland, the opposite of Disneyland. <laughs> um, <laughs> Basically. We're left at the hut, or the the shitty building, whatever, that, um, whatever that, that is. Vernon forced them to go to. And there's still a little bit of the remnants of what Harry learned about from the last chapter. He's going through uh, Hagrid's pockets, and it's like it's like Mary Poppins' bag. So Hagrid like, Poppins. Oh my god, Mary Poppins totally went to Hogwarts. Oh yeah, there's like theories and about stuff it. about it. There are? Yeah. Theories. Oh. You have to look those up sometime. They're kind yeah. of interesting. They're I mean, kind of interesting. They're also, they're also not that interesting because, of course, like... Huh. Anyways. <laughs> even the most commonplace detail of the owl... What is it? The owl is... Oh, how he's, like, hunting through Hagrid's coat or whatever? Yeah, and Harry's looking at this from the point of a muggle boy, and, like, this animal is behaving strangely. Yeah. But Hagrid's just like, oh, he's just looking for his payment for delivering the mail. Little sweet details like that that bring the intricacies of this magical world to life. Every element of things that we take for granted, they have those same sorts of things. Can we talk about all of the like little nuggets that are of things to come? Like Harry's school list. Yes. You know, and you get to see Bathilda Bagshot and, uh, and of course, Newt's commander's names for the first time. Yes. And thinking about like after you've gone through a couple years with Harry, like you see these things, you see him wear the hat you know you you see him wear the gloves you understand what the cauldron is for like you understand it's just it's really kind of Mm -hmm. fun you know we'll get into this more when we talk about the movie but after watching it so many times especially this movie which i've definitely seen the most it kind of tarnishes what the book actually is because i went through here and i was like oh my gosh like it makes me think of camp in like a sixth grade that we went to and this list of things that you had to prepare and bring. And some of that included, like, types of clothes, like galoshes or whatever. Right. And it's like, oh, my gosh, they have to pick up, like, the gloves and the winter cloak and all this other stuff. It's not just the fun, the, it's not the just cauldron books. Yeah. and the book and your, your telescope and all of that. The other thing that I really loved from this that I don't think I picked up on before... Because I'm really like scrutinizing this a lot more this time, is all of the authors of the books mm-hmm. have pun names. Yeah. Like Waffling for Magical Theory, and obviously Newt Scamander for Fantastic Beasts, Philida Spore for the Herbs and Fungi book, Emmerich Switch for Transfiguration, like little things like that. Yeah. That it's it's very smart stuff i'm just i'm a huge fan yes you know i love puns too yes so that i'm not always the best at catching them but i do know you love puns mm-hmm. i mean i'm surprised i didn't notice before you uh, know you you notice what you're thinking about you know and i can't imagine that any time before this i was l- actually reading and comprehending what that was i was like oh that's a cool title that's what this book is about and mm-hmm. and you know you move on 
this is a very cool way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. In a lot of this, we are looking at things from the perspective of Harry. Or we tried looking at the perspectives of some of the Dursleys and things like that. Instead of from third person, like we usually do when we read a book. I was enjoying reading, rereading the part where they go into the pub. And I just, again, thinking about it from Harry's perspective. And there's the line about how everything seems so untrue, but he can trust Hagrid. And like he wakes up and there's an owl who wants money that Harry doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. And he's like, sure, whatever you want. And then he gets in a boat with this guy who magically makes a boat go by faster with this pink umbrella that Harry is not an idiot and realizes that this must be the ma- the way he's using magic. Part of me like imagines that this 11-year-old boy is like, do I have to carry around a pink umbrella to make <laughs> magic happen? Because yeah. he doesn't know that, you know, and Hagrid is not allowed to use magic, but it's not until Ollivander says later in the chapter that Hagrid was mis- was right. expelled and all of that. It's just like these little things where it's like, I'm going to bring you into a pub. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, I know that you can drink at a younger age in Europe than you can in America, but at the same time, I'm like, this child is 11. He's like, like a he's total like, hole in the wall. He's like, he's like, oh, I trust this guy. Oh, no, we're going into a pub that only we can see. Not, right. you know, it's not like you walked right into Diagon Alley. That like, it's just so thing. funny. You're just like, in that the how leaky do you culture is such like a shithole that you can barely notice it between <laughs> like, <laughs> two, two shops. And he's or still like, I trust this guy yeah. because Hagrid is just wonderful and you can't not, but like, the other yeah. thing about the trust, of course, in in your um, recap, you open it up in that he thinks he that he dreamt this, which of course, what else would you think? Because Harry's life is shit, and anything right. good that happens to him can't be real. I mean, even coming out of like the fantastic journey that they take after all the letters and everything, and they show up at this this hut. What Hagrid <clears throat> told him is just a complete shock and something completely new that. Okay, you would automatically think that maybe this is a dream. But then at some point he even says, like, is this just a joke that the Dursleys... Yeah. And then he's like, but the Dursleys don't they, they have, have a sense, sense of humor. humor. We're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. But as he's going through the streets and <clears throat> um, Hagrid isn't understanding certain things, he's saying this and then it grows from event to event to going into this pub. And then all of these people... Approaching him and shaking hands. Oh, and he's like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's just the amount of questions that he has about this new world just grow and grow and grow. Up to, you know, everything that Hagrid says. Understanding the money, which is completely from the most when, when he explains the money and he's like, it's simple as that. Yeah! I, that's I, what I'm like, to say. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah, like it's 17... Sickles for I have I have I'm not if that's what enough I, to put all that shit that's to memory. Actually what it is like I'm kind of surprised. It's but seventeen, yeah. <laughs> literally though, like seventeen it's simple sickles as that. to a Harry's gallon. Going, are you, what is this? And shit? like twenty nine yeah. nuts to a sickle. It's like I think that they actually used two two numbers that weren't divisible by anything other than itself or something. Like in the most confusing way possible. Because wizards are. Kind of dumb sometimes. I don't know. Something must have... I think numbers clearly mean something different in the wizarding world. Right. That's that's why Harry's like showing you how to use muggle money. Not just because it's different, but because numbers clearly mean something different if that's how that works. Something that I was thinking when I was reading this is the history too that's all around him when he goes into Diagon Alley. Even watching the films, you look at these beautiful castles and you think, oh my gosh, like they're so old. There's there's all this history. What is the situation that caused them to think this is the exchange rate for this money? <laughs> you know, was there something long ago that, you know, three dragon livers were, you know, <laughs> like was there a bartering right. system beforehand? You know what? I'm not sure how it worked with... with- with well, like the money that US we know. Currency, yeah. So maybe maybe it's it's not fair of us to be like, how the fuck did you come up with this? <laughs> right. Because I could also ask the same question to whoever came up with the US currency or like even European currencies. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't work with numbers. <laughs> even thinking of Gringotts and how he says it goes miles under the streets of London and thinking of the 
the time it took to build all of that. Right. And much much shorter for wizards because they can do wizard oh, shit. Oh, sure. But, yeah. but, <laughs> but, and having to do it all undetected and... Right. I, it just makes me think of some of these books that would be so cool to read. Thinking of, like, what I'm attracted to in reading material... You know, I like my mysteries. I like my fan- fantasy sort of stuff like Harry Potter. I don't think I was ever attracted to history my entire life. But something like this <clears> that <throat> is so out of the ordinary and has that fantasy turn to it, I'm just interested. Like, I want to know more. So, Gringotts is really cool. <laughs> There's really not much to say about it other than, like, how cool. You know, everything is yeah. very visual. The The next kind of interesting moment in the book is actually... When they're at Madame Malkin's and he meets Draco, who we don't know that he's Draco mm-hmm. in this chapter, but we know he's Draco because, you know, right away I see that this child is just a mess. Like, he's clearly been created to be this kind of an asshole. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's like, he's like, father thinks it will be a shame if I'm not chosen for the house team, like, trying to impress this person you don't know. Because that's what, how your dad has created you, probably. I'm very intrigued by this first meeting of Draco. Yeah. It makes me wonder in the same way that this is a new experience for Harry and how Hagrid doesn't understand all the muggleness of the parking meter and things. Like, what does Draco expect? He's been brought this up. Because this is also Draco's. Draco's never been to Hogwarts either. Right, right. You know. It makes me wonder under what circumstances he has seen the rest of the wizarding world. Yeah. How many Hufflepuffs has he really met? Yeah. Also, they shit, he shits on Hufflepuffs a lot. Like Yeah, he does, which is rude. Several times they mention how, like, oh, Hufflepuffs are the the basic house or whatever. Yeah. Don't be shitting on the Hufflepuffs. They're fucking I great. I think it's crazy. Like, people always think of the song that we're going to be reading the hat I was gonna say singing. We're not gonna be singing this song. Uh, don't no. get excited. We're not singing that. No one was excited. <laughs> they were like, "Don't even hey, try it." We both can sing, but we ain't singing that song. Right. So <laughs> that has nothing to do with no. it. <laughs> but we will be reading the song, and people always think about how Hufflepuffs are referred to as the rest. But it goes a lot earlier on here too, with people shitting on Hufflepuff. Yeah, I don't know. it literally starts like with Draco. Yeah. It, well, of course it does. You know. Did I already say since recording this? Maybe I did. But as a Slytherin, like, I'm not approving of what Draco is putting down as someone who's going to be a Slytherin and is hoping to be in Slytherin. Like, I love the Hufflepuffs too. And I, in this podcast, I have to critique other house members. And I don't think I'm ever going to, uh, never say never, but I don't think I'm going to ever want to stand up for this kind of shit. Well, that does not mean that you're not a Slytherin. That literally just means that you're a Slytherin who recognizes that there are assholes in your house. Right. I'm a Gryffindor that recognizes that there are assholes in my house. We meet one of those assholes in the next chapter. We'll get there in the next episode. For real. But. (laughs) He's not that much of an asshole. Oh, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. Percy Weasley? No. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god Put all of that out that's not but um but no like i think of slughorn um merlin right. is another famous slytherin looking at it from this perspective why shouldn't an 11 year old boy be thinking this way this is his first introduction to someone like that i mean he's literally thinking not slytherin because of what, what this asshole is. boy mm-hmm. and because Hagrid clarifies, like, all anyone who has been bad has come from that house. Yeah. He doesn't say that Slytherin is is bad. Now, I that's something that's very important to clarify because it... There isn't it just, a witch or wizard. Yes. Yeah, so he says that anyone who has gone bad has come from that house, which isn't entirely true, but it's it's very yeah. commonly known. I guess that's true. There is a lot of Slytherin shitting on here, yeah. too. Maybe it's because I'm coming from the point of being a Slytherin that I'm noticing the Hufflepuff stuff more. And I'm just, no... People like to generalize these houses. Well, that's the thing. The, the problem is the generalization. Mm-hmm. And Hagrid, we have to remember, Hagrid also went to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Hagrid went to Hogwarts with the biggest, baddest Slytherin that ever hogwarts Yeah. <laughs> Hog- hogwarts You know, I mean, literally, Hagrid has a history here that we obviously won't learn until the next book, but 
Hagrid has, has a lot more to do with this. That he's not just this sweet, sweet man. This really shitty thing happened to him. Right. Thank you to a very, very, very bad Slytherin. I think that ultimately the generalization of houses comes out mostly just to kind of help categorize them easily yeah, for the really, reader. And that's what it is, you know? At the end of the day, there is at least one person in every house I want to throttle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Even Hufflepuff. Like, Zach Smith is a dick bag in the fifth book. Oh, Zach Smith. You know, you've got some Gryffindors you just want to punch in the face, and Ravenclaw, just no one gives a shit. There's good things and bad things about all the houses, you know? I mean, just like there are good and bad about everyone, you yeah. know? So, yes, we meet Draco. But I, I think you're right. Like, we also have to remember that these are children and kind of what they, where they come from. And sometimes I think I forget at this point they're very young and mm-hmm. they're impressionable. And kids, maybe 11 is a little bit old, but I'm sure that kids at the stage still repeat things that they hear all the time and oh, I'm sure if Drago doesn't know anything better he was raised by assholes. I mean he's he's still an asshole but yes, yes. <laughs> so after this we go to Ollivanders Ollivanders was another point where the movie tarnished things a little bit for me where in the film he comes off a lot more less creepy because <laughs> I can't find the right word for it yes but he he's a lot more calm, I think, in the movie. Here, he's, like, measuring him from his shoulder to the floor and around his head and all of these things that add, I think, to the whimsicalness of it. Yes, I think you're right. There's definitely plenty of magic in the scene in the movie. Harry's, like, trying a wand and he just makes shit explode just by moving it. Yeah. That's not what happens that, in the yeah. book. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, more, it's much more about... The fact that that we're making the point that Ollivander is testing out so many wands. Because I, I personally, my my response to him getting the Holly and Phoenix Feather wand at the end is Ollivander, I think, thought of that wand first. I think he thought of it first and was like, that can't be it, that can't be it. Obviously, I don't know. I could be wrong and I'm totally fine with it. This is my, my favorite part about the scene, though, is that Harry is compared to his mother. Yes, for the he first says, time. He says, you have your mother's eyes before anyone tells him he looks like James. Which, by the way, like, he's met all these people. If he looks just like James and not one person has been like, oh, you look just like your father. And that's not been pointed out. Then this is, like, the first part, the first time in the books. I mean, like, it's his mother's family he ends up with. The mother stuff is already here. And Ollivander, who Harry is not really sure he likes or not, which is fair because he's really fucking creepy. He does not say you look just like your father. He says you have your mother's eyes. And Ollivander is a person who is paying attention. He remembers every wand he ever sold. Mm-hmm. He is paying attention. He, so I he think that Hagrid. I think yeah. she's making a point. Mm-hmm. I think she's make. I think uh, J.K. has has is solidifying that early on. That oh, this, absolutely. That this is a this is a connection, a motherly connection, and that's actually the beginning of that arc because we don't talk about that until much later. Yeah. In the books when it becomes an obvious thing. When I even think of some of the comparisons to his parents, the thing that I always come back to is Lily, I think. And I mean, there's so much more to get into with that. We'll get into it so much more. The Snape stuff and yada, yada, yada. But there's just, a couple good things that you said there that I hadn't hadn't thought of. First, the wand being what Ollivander thought of first. And that being his motivation then to say, okay, what about this one? What about this one? And maybe it being a little bit more frenzied instead of just being like, hey, try this out. I think this one might work for you. I think as a person who study, would study wand lore, this is me knowing zero about wand lore, I think that his instincts would be drawing him to this person's... Like, I don't think that he has every person who comes into his shop try 60,000 wands. I think his instincts... And the magic of these wands probably helped draw them together after a handful of wands. And it says here in the book that Harry tries so many wands and he feels like he keeps trying everything and the stack keeps getting higher. And then he's like, oh, maybe this. It makes me feel like maybe that idea was in his head and he was maybe afraid of what it meant. Oh, of course. To give give Harry this wand that has a core matching Voldemort. You know, like... Or maybe he is like, well, maybe this is wrong because 
this boy has a special history. He survived the killing curse, which was given with this wand. And I don't know. I I think that it just makes sense. But that's I love my, it, though. That's my personal canon. <laughs> yeah. You're much better at, I think, looking at the perspectives of other characters than I am. I just I, I love character work. Going into this, I majored in English in college and, of course, took literature classes. But maybe it's... It's just the excitement of the world and, mm. like, observing everything. The world is brilliant. The whole yeah. thing is, is just so interesting and yeah. so brilliant. I think I was so eager to get away from Muggletown. <laughs> I keep calling it something different. That's Dursley fine. Land, Muggletown. <laughs> Welcome to Muggletown. I would do the same thing that you said earlier and just walk, like, agape down these Literally, streets. Literally, I want nothing more in my up. life than to be there when you finally oh get to go gosh. to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I want to go so bad. I know. And I will buy, spend <clears throat> all of my money there. <laughs> I don't own enough Slytherin shit. <laughs> like, I need more. I really like that perspective of Ollivander, and I'm glad that you brought up the thing about Lily, too, because we're so used to it coming up in the mm-hmm. in the future in future books but this really is the first time that it's brought up and it's very noteworthy well Um, and later in the chapter Hagrid you know when Harry's concerned that he doesn't know anything and and he talks about what Draco had said in Madame Malkin's about not knowing things or you know coming from a muggle background and Hagrid again is like your mom was one of the best and she like look look at your aunt Look at what she came from. Literally, Harry enters the world the same way his mom does. He might be half blood and not a not muggle born like his mother, but he enters it in the exact same type of fashion. Someone else had yeah. to show Lily what everything was and where to go and how this works. That's a great lesson too, right there. Mm-hmm. Is that it doesn't matter where you come <clears throat> from. Like you can make the world what you want it to be. Yeah. And become something completely different out of what you have learned and whatnot. Take note, Draco. You don't have to be just like your dick father. Well, and they they set that up so yeah. early on that Lily is the heart of the story. Yeah. They really do. But you're not looking for it. So right. now that we're looking for it, it's really kind of fun to pull her out of everything. I never thought enough about Lily. And I am I'm loving being introduced to her this way. Sure. Although, do you agree that you have thought more about Lily than you have about James? Always. Yeah. I think so, too. Always. It's not something you think about until you sit down and talk about it in a situation like this. But, And right there, like that comparison that I just kind of drew that I didn't expect between Lily and Draco and coming from somewhere and then becoming something different. And yeah. Draco potentially gets there eventually. But like, sure, sure. But right now... Yeah. He's a dick. I feel like I have so much more to talk about, but are you ready to get into movies? Yeah. Because I, I, otherwise we'd be talking I know we're forever. Talking forever. <laughs> about um, I do want to say one more thing. Mm-hmm. I said at the beginning of this about how it's like feelings at the beginning and end. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. We, and we magic in the middle. I just, I just want to reiterate again just what Hagrid is and what he's doing for Harry. And I get that he is close to Lily and James and he he's very involved. This is not outside of, of his world and outside of his his involvement and his care, but just how effortlessly mm-hmm. he just cares for this boy. I get chills reading the last part of this chapter. I'll just read the last line. Harry wanted to watch Hagrid until he was out of sight. He rose in his seat and pressed his nose against the window. But he blinked and Hagrid had gone. So mm-hmm. I wanted to read this for two reasons. One, it's just a lovely little like throwback at the magic that and yeah. and it like is a great cap to the day of magic. But also Harry has spent a day with this guy and he's like is like, I can't believe this is real and I just want to look at him. Yeah. And I just think like Harry's never had someone be with him and care for him and answer questions. And this person who he doesn't know was just like, yeah, here I am. Here's yeah. here's what you need to do. This is what you... I feel a longing at the end of the chapter. And it just makes me feel like, God, yes, I'm so glad that... <laughs> I love... I literally, once Hagrid is there, I'm like, I'm good. I am happy. 
Hagrid is top five favorite character for me throughout the whole fucking series. 100%. Doesn't matter, like, because you know those rankings fluctuate. Hagrid never leaves that group because he is the fucking greatest. Yeah. Yeah. In the scheme of his life, this has been a rush of information and a complete culture shock and very overwhelming. But in that brief time and the amount of compassion that Hagrid gave to Harry is also (laughs) overwhelming and completely different to what he's used to. While he's (coughs) doing that, it makes me think of earlier in the chapter where he's like, "Uh, was this a dream? Was this a joke? He doesn't want to see that go away. He's he's watching it and wanting to cling on to it. This is a good transition that we'll get into shortly. But he's also got to go back to the Dursleys. He's like, oh, was this just a temporary thing? I'm sure. It makes me think of I would always travel to my grandparents' house in Baltimore. And being at, like, the airport, walking onto the airplane and seeing my grandparents wave goodbye. And you keep looking back, looking back until they're gone. And then it's like, well, I'm, I'm alone. Until yeah. I'm with my parents. Like, things like that. Yeah. I no, guess. I get that. I get that. That's what it makes me think of. It's like a longing sort of... That's yeah, funny. it's pretty interesting to think about. The The other thing that's kind of funny out of that, you think of what Hagrid has done for him in, in just being there. Mm-hmm. But you even said it here in your recap. He buys him a fucking owl and a hamburger. <laughs> like, in the same day. It's, yeah. just, it's kind it's of just, funny. He like, says all this great stuff for this kid and it's very sweet and of course in the next chapter when he gets to hogwarts one of the first things that he recognizes is hagrid is having hagrid there is a nice thing so before we move on to the movie what do you think it would have been like had dumbledore come instead of hagrid i don't think it would have been the same at all i don't either well okay so i think that it would have been a little bit more business yeah of like this is what i have to do but I also think that despite it being this task list of needing to pick up all, all of his supplies, it wouldn't have taught Harry as much as it did with Hagrid. I think Hagrid explained a lot more. I think he allowed Harry to ask more questions and along the lines learn a little bit more about the wizarding world. I wonder if Dumbledore would have protected him a little bit more because Hagrid is, we talked about it a lot already and I'm sure we will a lot more, Hagrid's like a big kid. Yeah. Um, whereas I don't think Dumbledore would have been as open to leaving him alone or letting all these strangers come up and meet him. Dumbledore knows a little bit more about who Harry is and what's to come. And I imagine there would be a little bit more protection there too. Yeah. That's about where I was thinking the same. I was I was curious to hear what you thought. I think overall just Hagrid is, is easier to be comfortable around. Yeah. You know? replace Hagrid with any other characters with McGonagall it would have been awesome too but it wouldn't have been the same it, it would wouldn't have been, have been awesome more, for Harry it would have been even more protect protective <laughs> Harry would have been like so afraid of her can you imagine Snape <laughs> <laughs> no because that's the end of the story that's the end of the story <laughs> But yeah, I just I was just curious to know yeah. uh, your thoughts on that. I think of one character that is coming up soon that would, would have been fun, but would have made no sense whatsoever is Molly Weasley, and I feel yeah. like that would have been maybe similar. I love in a different approach, the way that all but, this happens, and yeah. obviously, of course, we do because that's the story. Yeah, ultimately, Hagrid was the right answer, and yeah. I love that. That being said, the movie. What would you like to say about the movie today? You mentioned the the bookends of the chapter. They're different, definitely different in the movie. We are still in the hut. We see how we we leave the hut and go to the normal street and then into Leaky Cauldron. We see the journey a lot more rather than, boom, here we are at the Leaky Cauldron. Yeah. Same at the end. Again, the movie just, it brainwashes you a little bit. I was like, he's got to go back to the fucking Dursleys? Are you okay. kidding me? So that was that was a little bit different. For the first time, I think I like how the book does it a little bit more. Because you get the transition, I think, is very important. Up to this point, I feel like I've said transitions a million times. But that the ebb and flow of the story helps. And granted, this is a very long chapter. So it's hard yeah. to, to put it all in the movie. 
And at the same time, like, there is so much in Diagon Alley to look and see. Like, I would have loved to see this scene in the movie be... 10 minutes long of just exploring mm-hmm. Diagon Alley. Oh, but yeah. it's so impractical, you know? Yeah. I, again, will say, though, that this is... It's, it's a successful exposition of the necessities they of the, the chapter. They can. Um, I think that they do what they need to do for the chapter. They move things around, of course. They do. They move things around. They move Draco they is things The Ollivander stuff, of course, is very different. Uh, I think he's a little bit more palatable in the movie like i had previously said i think i like the olivander from the movie a little bit better Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't have minded seeing the approach that olivander from the book has in Mm -hmm. in the in the movie yeah i think seeing him go into the shops more and buying all of this magical stuff would have been really really fascinating to see i want to see them go into fortescue's ice cream parlor right things like that but it's it's hard to do that in right. a movie. And it's and it's, it's you know, it's the storytelling. Um what did you think of our first appearance of Tom Felton? They do introduce Draco a lot later in the movie than they do in the book. So, I don't know. I don't like, know if do I you, care. Yeah. Do you do you like you don't miss having him in those scenes? No. I don't either until but I'm glad he's in the book. I'm glad we have the scenes in the book yeah. that way. Here's why I miss it, because Tom Felton is perfect. Oh, yes. Uh, he's just great. And so, like, I want to envision that scene. Like, I want to see that scene happen. But I'm okay without it. Like, again, yeah. it's very effective. The whole thing is very effective I storytelling. I prefer one over the other. No, I don't think I do either. It's interesting that there are some things that they wait a little bit later to tell. Like we said last episode... He learns a lot more about Voldemort mm-hmm. earlier. He learns about it when the Dursleys are still standing there. Right. He meets Draco a lot earlier here. It's. I think it's, it's fine. I don't know if I prefer one over the other. Here's why I don't prefer one over the other. It doesn't change the story. Right, yeah. These, these events, the way that they happen, the way the information is given to Harry, doesn't affect anything. It tells the audience everything we need to know. The only reason why I can almost see preferring the book's version is that we do get into one of the shops a little bit more. I like, always I prefer the book's version. Yeah. Like, I'm always going to prefer the book. Like, it would have been cool to see him in Madame Malkin's robes and what magical things does she use, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah, but there, were like, there were two options for magical tape <coughs> measures in the movie, and neither of them happened. That's very. Yeah. Magical tape measures need their screen time. Right. The thing that I think of that is the most. Ah, that, I, is, that is the most relatable to that is Rita Skeeter's quill. Oh, yeah. That's what I think of instead. But, yeah, you're right. That would have been cool to I see. I mean, you know, because that's clearly the most exciting magical thing I can think of. But seriously, you could see magical tape measuring going on. I could use that. I would say, like... If I could have a magical tape measure, that'd be great. The magical ice cream scoop. At right. Fortis- I just want to go to Fortescue's, and I they have much stranger flavors, I'm sure, than what he got, which was like the chocolate with raspberries and nuts and, or whatever. I want that right like, now. Like, yeah. I want fire whiskey ice cream. I mean, it tastes just like Fireball, I'm That's sure, fine. which is what alcoholics call cinnamon. I understand this. Uh. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, that's really kind of where I am on the chapter as far as the movie goes in A+. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Giving um, out giving out high marks. I just love the chapter so much that it's almost like, oh, I want more, but I know it's not yeah. that productive. So So moving into the end of this episode. So house points. I again have to offer the highest amount of points, so ten points to Hagrid. He is wonderful throughout this whole chapter. This is Harry's real first observation of just magic assaulting his senses. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's hard not to also give him points, so I have to give him five points. Points I'm going to take away. I'll take ten points away from Draco. I think that's an obvious one. Draco is an asshole. 
I also want to take some points away from Lucius Malfoy, but I don't know if that's necessarily fair. He's yeah, not in this chapter. You know what? I'm, take away points. You know what? I think I said this last time, too. These are my rules. Ten points from Lucius Malfoy. That's 20 from Slytherin. So, see, I'm not biased. I also want to take five away from the goblins at... What the fuck is it called? There was no, not even alcohol tonight. Gringotts! Oh my god! I want to take five points away from the goblins at Gringotts. And the reason why is because Hagrid, he wins all the points this chapter. Like, really? You can't slow down the fucking cart for poor Hagrid. One speed only! Yes! Wow, you're a... Di- and then it's picked up speed. Like, no. You're wrong. Rude. So I'll take points away from those fucking goblins. I don't think if there's anyone else. Like, I want to give points to so many people. You know what? Fuck it. Five points to Doris Crockford. <laughs> this is, I think, the She like, a huge Harry Potter fan. This, this is the, she is one of us. She. We're going to have to put a time limit on your point I know. assignments. I know. I gave out more this time, but these chapters are getting longer. There's more oh. points to give out. 30 seconds. <laughs> Watch me do this in 30 seconds okay. or less. Want me to set a timer? <laughs> This is so easy. <laughs> yeah, you... The okay. easy... I mean, fine. But the easiest winner of the chapter is Hagrid. For all reasons discussed earlier, plus more, because I'm sure there are 10,000 more, but we don't have time for that. The loser of the chapter is the nameless asshole in Madame Malkins, who we know is Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Clearly losing just for being a little jerk. I just hate snotty people. I, yeah. just, I just really hate snotty people. So Arrogant people are the absolute Especially worst. unwarranted ego just throwing itself in there. I should play Quidditch for my house. Like, wait, no, shut the fuck up. Father would be so disappointed right. when I was in Hufflepuff where all the basics are. Draco, you're as basic as they get. For real, though. So, yeah. Those... Not, but not basic enough to be one of the basic snitches. <laughs> We're not even basic, which is so funny. So, and on that note. <laughs> and on that note. So, yeah, that is, um, that's where that ends. This chapter was amazing. This, this chapter is amazing. This is probably one of my favorite chapters. This is one of the best chapters ever. in the whole series. It really is. More Diagon Alley. One yeah. of the first things I think of when I think of Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anything else to say before we... Uh, nope, only that you know, next episode, we will be covering Chapter 6, The Journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters. And like always, we do not have any sort of outro, so hope you had fun. Bye. Bye. <laughs>